Hi, everybody, and welcome to Words, Images, and Worlds. Glad to be talking with comics creator, uh, artist, author, and I should have asked Cyber or Skyber? Cyber, I'm betting. Skyber. Skyber, okay. Uh, Noah Van Skyber, welcome, and thank you so much for for jumping on for a, a morning coffee talk with me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Was that coffee that you were drinking just now? Is that right? Yeah, I, I drink a lot of coffee in the morning. So I drink um, a lot of coffee all the time, all the time. Yeah, I do. I I make like a full pot and then I just drink it the entire day, basically until uh, around dinner time, and then I'm done. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Um, I, I think sometimes my students sort of go, "Is he is he okay drinking all that coffee?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's good, it's good." Um. Yeah. So thank you for the the view into your creative space as well. You, you were saying this is a digital background behind you. Is that right? Yeah, it's not real. It's, <laughs> it's that whole question of what is real and what is not. Yeah. Um, but I do. I have several people that come on and they're like, we love your bookshelves. I'm like, thank you. It's uh, not not real. <laughs> yeah. You see it, just like that little window between the headphones there that's the, right the gloominess of the reality that you live in that's that right with a fake background yep this is the plato's cave and this is the actual lived reality right yep. here <laughs> um yeah yeah so folks out there that are listening uh they they might know you through a couple of different books because you you do a lot of different things with the comics medium which i appreciate um biography historical work on the one hand on the other hand you've got sort of slice of life uh personal exploration and then i it's all literary but um fanta bukowski is is this really just lovely literary uh Baldian exploration. Um, so, uh, yeah, the folks out there probably know you for those things. And I feel like I have uh, a glimpse into your life through One Dirty Tree because I usually ask about like path to cartooning and creating. Um, but it, it seems like that was always sort of part of the, the ether for you around growing up. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, comic books were just like a, a part of our household. I, my father was a uh, is a lifelong comic book reader, still reads comics. Um, but that was part of it. He would take us all to the comic shop, stuff like that. So I, it was just so normalized for me that I think uh, I didn't really have a choice but to be a cartoonist. And I, I tried other things, but um, I think I just like naturally had to just give in and and do comics you yeah. know yeah yeah um so what the comics kind of allow you to do in the stories that you want to tell um well comics are good for pacing in a way that i don't know if like other writing is is uh so it's like you you get a whole other layer of uh like uh like with visuals and stuff like you get like a whole it's a whole other tool set that you have that a writer doesn't have necessarily and i think joe sacco always talks about like you know he if he was just writing his books he would have to like constantly remind you that it's like rainy or that's you know in the floor or the ground is muddy mm -hmm. and walking in puddles you know but like with a comic he can just draw that 
and you, you know you have a whole sense of the environment what it is you know you're in that scene um and it's more effective than if you had to write that and you could just mention it maybe just once otherwise if you just keep like harping on it it'd be really annoying for a reader mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, has, it has different um benefits than just regular writing does uh but i always think just like pacing does because i i pacing is something i've become sort of obsessed with as i draw more comics so i'm always thinking like i should slow this down or i should speed this up or what you know and the, those are um i think concerns of like a cartoonist most of all besides maybe like a filmmaker has the same kind of concern but like yeah. with a comic you go like this is too much right now let me slow this down with something visual and then that's when you would insert some kind of like full page illustration or some panels that are just illustration that kind of pull the reader back a bit more or maybe pull them more into the environment um, that the story is taking place in or whatever, just to just give them some breathing room. Because I think too much dialogue is a, um, can be like a, you know, a, an impediment to a, the story like you don't want to wear people out anyway i don't want to rant I, but yeah I just, no no you're good you're good I'm very conscious of the consciences of like i don't want to like drain a reader i want to i want them to kind of go along on the story i'm telling very smoothly and, and try and pull them into it as much as i can so yeah yeah well and on the on the creator side too i imagine you you don't want to drain yourself as well because um yeah. I mean, it's all in the amount of detail that you want to put in, the amount of time that you want to spend, and how you want readers to sort of hit that panel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. And it, you're, you're. I mean, the way I work, I'm like going step by step, like page by page. So I know, I know, like what the story is going to be, and like what the ending is going to be. I know what that goal is, mm -hmm. but I just kind of go page by page and and um, take that journey towards that ending in the same way that the reader would um where like I, it's kind of like revealing itself to me as i'm working on it so um yeah so so i'm as i'm going i'm going man this is like getting tiring like writing all this dialogue i should i think i need to just take a break and just draw something yeah <laughs> let me just do a few panels of like a cityscape or something like that just to kind of give myself and the reader a break and uh and you don't really know how it's going to read necessarily until it's all done. But I found that that method of kind of trusting your instincts about, about that sort of mm -hmm. story style um, has always been successful. Cause I, I haven't, I don't think I've done a, a finished story when I, where I went back and reread it and thought like, darn it, this is garbage. What have I done? You know, I'm always <laughs> going checking back on it and seeing how it's, how it's flowing and stuff. So yeah yeah uh, it's always interesting when you run into comics that are created and it seems like someone was they were really after creating prose with yeah. sort of a picture to go with it and like 30 percent of a panel is an image and then you've got this huge word balloon where it's like the soliloquy that's exhausting and that's like a big no-no like um some i think it's frank miller or you know, was talking about will eisner gave him some criticism because he had in one of his Daredevil comics a panel where somebody asks a question and the question is answered and then the person asks another question and that question is answered. And that's a big no-no. Like, you shouldn't do that. Like, if one question, one answer, one statement, you know, one other statement, like, per yeah. panel, like, don't, don't keep the reader 
in the same panel for too long like move them along as, as much as you can you know but you see that a lot in modern comics like i see some pages posted recently where it's just a lot of dialogue falling, mm-hmm. and that's like i mean that's that's like whoever did that or whatever it's like you, you even like this like do you want to be a <laughs> like you like drawing comics like, why would you it's just uh so lazy and um kind of mean to the reader to do that kind of thing to them yeah, yeah, you find yourself sort of peeking around the word balloons to take in the art, and that it's really about appreciating both in a way. Um, yeah, they have to work together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mentioned uh, some of the genres that you've worked in as far as uh, you have work on Joseph Smith, uh, Paul Bunyan. You have As a Cartoonist, which is a nice blend of things. You have uh, Fanta Bukowski, uh, One Dirty Tree. Any any other titles that I'm missing that you want to make sure to, yeah. to mention? Uh, please don't step on my Jinko jeans. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> book. Uh, um, uh, what else? I mean, I don't know. I, just, I feel like I've done so many. Uh, you know, Maple Terrace is the ongoing comic that I'm doing now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I need to to sit down and make like a list of the like graphic novels because I did a lot of stuff in the past fifteen years. So. Are there um are there genres? Are there things you want to do in the medium or revisit um, as far as like next steps that you want to challenge yourself, or also just just comfortable places and enjoyable places that you like to go? You know, I never I don't think about that stuff. Like I don't plan it out, but I have been realizing that what i've been doing is doing a lot more work about the medium of comics and that and i wasn't um planning on doing that it just happened so uh you know like the last book i did was called as a cartoonist which was just like uh, basically a collection of the comics i've done about like what the cartooning life is like basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and i and the stuff that i the last thing i did was for the new issue of blab that uh, dark horse put out which is I did the story of uh, this comic book series called Crime Does Not Pay, where one of the artists like killed was you know actually became a murderer. So and then uh, but as was as I was working on that, it was like really more about like comics history. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm doing a lot of stuff at my desk now that's also about comics history. And it and it I think I'm just kind of like following um, my interests. So. I did like a lot of like American history stuff that was interesting to me. And then now I'm doing comics history and, uh, and also like autobiography. But, um, and then when I get that out of my system, I don't, I don't know yet where I would go, where I'll go after that. It's like a, whatever, like my art, my comics are um, evolving along with me as a person and what my interests uh, shift to as I get older. You know? So I'm not sure yet where I'll, go after this i'll be curious to see yeah well and i imagine there's a i I mean i'm just saying i could just go get a job as a a janitor and 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 not do anything after this i'm not sure you know (laughs) i don't know yeah so you mentioned um maple terrace anything that you want to provide for listeners about that who might not be familiar with it Oh yeah, so like I was just saying, like I'm doing a lot more work about comics, and Maple Terrace is about what the like '90s comic book frenzy was like for 
me and, and the kids in my neighborhood when I was growing up. So it's about Spawn coming out, particularly Spawn number five, I think, is the one with the uh, ice cream man uh, serial killer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It had a big impact. And uh, so it, it kind of starts there. But it's really about that comic book craze and um, a small town in New Jersey in the 90s when all that stuff was going on, when it, when it just felt like everybody was reading comic books and they were like the most influential thing within that the culture of that little town and, and my family and stuff like that so it's a series about that um um and uh yeah i don't know what else to say about it <laughs> yeah it's that's, funny you know i don't know that yeah that's a really interesting it's an interesting time because uh i lived through that time too as a comics reader i started reading in the late 80s and uh i remember that was the time when you could find like all of a sudden comics at Walmart and all of these different like merchandising things and everything was a collector's item, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even if the print run were like millions of copies, you know, those comics that people were like going crazy to buy up because they thought they'd be worth money. Like, the print runs were enormous. So if you go to a comic shop today and you look at the dollar bins or whatever, you'll find stacks of those comics because they printed way too many. People bought way too many. Yeah, yeah, including the foil and grim covers and all of those things. Yeah, yeah, but I have a lot of nostalgia for that stuff, you know. And for you reading comics in the '80s, I mean, that to me, that's the best time for comics. Like the late '80s, I feel like is when the best comics were being made. People like Anna Senti, you know, like yeah, writers and and for me, like I because the only comics I'll I don't really read a lot of what's coming out now, but I we'll reread a lot of the older stuff. And for me, like the Batman, Batman from the eighties mm-hmm. until like the early to mid nineties, maybe. Um, I love that stuff. I can reread it forever. And Daredevil same. I mean, I'll reread all those eighties Daredevil comics. I read a lot of, you know, power pack was big for me when I was a kid. So I'll reread a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you know, those are the comics that I hold on to. I, I try to keep up with the stuff that's published now and like the mainstream, but there's so, so much. Um, so what I usually do is, is I'll wind up sort of scrolling through covers and occasionally getting something. Uh, but just to even at like at the cover level, the cover art level, I try to try to keep up in general. But it is uh, it's a sprawling universe upon a universe. And it's expensive. I mean, comic books are like six, seven dollars a cover, you know, cover price or something. And it's like a lot of money for a comic that's probably 20 pages long or whatever and the rest are ads and it's mm-hmm. just a sliver of a longer story that you're not even really invested in it's it's they you know they're asking a lot of you yeah so. this is true this is true yeah but I, i'm with you i'm a big rereader of um things that i enjoy oh yeah i mean that's amazing i was just looking at some uh charles vest swamp thing art mm. Mm-hmm. it's incredible like nobody can do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> well charles yeah that that fine art that he brings yeah. to it too is just amazing uh or like the he did i think art for stardust mm-hmm. yeah did you ever see this bernie wrights in spider-man comic he did it was like a basically like a, a graphic novel like a one story in it um it's like spider-man there's like on the cover and it's like a monster uh-huh. Like, Spider-Man goes to like a different dimension or something. 
and there's some crazy monster. It's amazing. It's like the most beautiful comedy. Yeah, I that's that's somewhere in my brain. I'm gonna have to to research that, look that back up. Yeah, it's it's called uh, it's called Spider Man Hooky, and it's like a, a graphic novel. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Anybody, if if this stays in the episode, uh, anybody who is listening to this should go pick that up because it's incredible. That's that's the recommended title. A- any other titles that you want to recommend before we talk about um, web spaces and, and stuff that you've got going on? From the mainstream comic scene? Anything. Anything. Uh, I think, you know, it's it's the shows are really about reading in general. So uh, mainstream comics, certainly, but indie comics, by all means. Um, comics. Uh, anything by Nick Mandag. He's a Canadian cartoonist that Drawn Quarterly publishes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Really awesome. I'm looking at my shelf here. Uh, Nathan Cowdery, he has a book from Fanagraphics. Uh, he has a new one coming out that I can't remember the title. You know, of course, like Simon Hanselman, like that whole gang, Alex Graham. Those are all like really amazing cartoonists that are sort of the new generation of uh, indie artists. Literally working you know josh pettinger nate garcia yeah i don't know i mean if you haven't heard of them now you will you know in a year or something yeah yeah well and you mentioned fantagraphics and drawn in quarterly and uh neither one of those publishers pay me to say this by any means but I, i would say for folks out there that are sort of like hey i've seen comics i know the marvel i know the dc if you if you want to see more and you want to explore the medium a little bit further uh, you you can't go wrong checking out what either one of those publishers shares out. So recommend yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible stuff happening in, in indie comics right now. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, an amazing amount too. Like you're just saying, there's so much going on in mainstream. It's like there's so much happening in indie comics right now. It's uh, like the golden age. I mean, it's stuff that I I can't even catch it all. Like I I find stuff. On a at a comic shop later on that came out a couple of years ago, and I'm like, what? Like this is like right up my alley. How did I didn't even know about this? Because it's just mm-hmm. stuff is just coming out so fast, and you have to catch it all. You know, really hard. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good time for that, and I, I'm hoping the the surge continues. May the surge continue. Um, yeah. So so last official question, and then we can touch on anything that you'd like to that we haven't. And that is, I always like to ask about current ongoing things, um, web spaces, upcoming events, uh, go-to places for you, like um, conventions and such. A- anything like that that you want to share with listeners that want to connect more? Uh, well, so look, we were talking about Maple Terrace. That's a comic book series that's coming out um, now uh, from Uncivilized Books. So I think issue two is about to come out. And I would like it if anybody listening to this will would pick up that comic from their local comic shop. I know Diamond is distributing it. So if you go to your comic shop, ask them to stock it, or you can just go and get it online. Uh, it's going to be three issues. Um, and I think it's it's been pretty successful. Like I've gotten a lot of response from it, a lot of emails, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way it, it's gone. I'm finishing up the third issue now. So like it's not going to be late yeah <laughs> it's, it's gonna come out when it's supposed to come out uh what else am i working on uh 
I don't know if I'm working on anything I can really talk about, but I do have uh -huh. a lot of stuff on my, my desk and like another fanographics book that I'm in the middle of and stuff. So uh, nice. you just have to stay tuned for that info. I, I can see the work and the, the planning back there, the, the mysterious pages. I, my wife is out of town for the weekend, so I've just been up like late last night just working, working, working as much as I can, you know. And there's just so much. I mean, I'm, I'm spinning like three different plates. And that's how I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and thanks for getting up early and talking with me no, no way. after a late up, night. I get up at 5.30 no matter what. Oh, wow. I stayed up. So, like, I was up, um, to me, midnight is super late. But I was, mm -hmm. I was up at midnight, you know, that's when I was like, okay, I need to go to bed. I never do that. But then I woke up at 5.30 because my brain is just trained to wake up at 5.30 because I have a little baby, you know. Mm -hmm. I woke up really early. So I still got up early. I've, I've already gone for, like, a walk and had coffee and everything like that. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is like, um, noontime for anybody else. Nice, nice. Yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, anything that we've missed in the interview that you want to make sure to to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, I don't think so, man. It was just nice talking to you. I appreciate yeah. It. Great talking to you and uh, glad to share about your work. I recommend it for people out there that are listening. And again, if you're a person that's sort of like, hey, I've seen the Marvel, I've seen the DC, I've seen the things like there's a lot to explore in comics. Uh, and I appreciate what you bring to the medium. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, glad to talk with you anytime. And I will let you get back to uh, the pot of coffee that you're currently working on. All right, man. Have a good day. <laughs> you too.